Info dump or don't say a word Move my head around like a startled bird Can't do housework when I choose When I win or convince myself I lose Fabric feels weird against my skin I gotta hold my breath when I take out the bin Can't go out cause it's too hot and bright I can't sleep at night cause there's too much light The bees in my brain won't let me speak My thought process is quite unique The mask comes off or now I'm weird Everything is as I feared Living in this world can be quite a chore We've all had enough but we still want more Leave me alone, I don't want interference Why not mate, that's your autistic experience Hello and welcome to the Autistic Experience, your one-stop shop podcast for neurodivergent news, commentary and all sorts of other random bits and pieces that go into our (laughs) brains whilst we're recording. My name is Kieran, as always joined by Chloe. Hi! Hi. New episodes of this will come out every Sunday at midday British time. And whilst you're not listening to this, you can go find us on Instagram at The Autistic Experience where you can find references to basically everything we talk about so you can have a check of them yourself and form your own opinions. It is currently the 7th of January 2024. Ew. Scary. Scary, scary, scary. Ew. It's worth mentioning at the outset of this particular episode that you may hear some strange background noises And that is fairly unavoidable for reasons we'll get into in a moment. But just to give you a quick rundown of how these episodes work, if you're new, we go around having a look at some of the more interesting news stories which are either about neurodivergent folk or written by neurodivergent folk or are of particular relevance to neurodivergent folk. And then also we have a look at some of the events which are coming up in and around the UK specifically just because we're based in the UK and the world is quite big. (laughs) So picking about three from the entire world makes actually going to those a bit more difficult. Yeah. So that's basically how the show works. But as always, we are actually going to start with home news. Yay! I've been excited for this section. A little while since we did a full episode. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of new stuff in that time. There has. Not that I can remember beyond like the last few days. Well, As you do, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, we had Christmas, we had New Year. But the important thing started to happen on the 21st of December, so take your mind back two and a half weeks. (laughs) Yeah, so I was at work... Standing outside the shop that I work at, delivering people's very important Christmas orders to them. When at about half past one in the afternoon, I received a text requesting, well, not requesting, I'd say more offering two guinea pigs for us to foster that would both be female and they would both be on pregnancy watch because they may have been in conditions that were with males. So obviously I was very excited. I was like, yes, guinea pigs for Christmas. Woohoo, two girlies, good, good. Well, I finished work at about four o'clock. 
So I got home, set up for them by about half four, and then I got a phone call saying, so you know those two guinea pigs we were going to give you? Yeah, one of them's actually a male, and one of them is definitely pregnant. (laughs) And so I was like, right, okay. Damn. And they said, we can't find anywhere else to put the mail to separate them. So can you take them both? And so I had to redo the setup very quickly with your help at that point, because you got back, mm. didn't you? And yeah, we got a, a lovely silvery gray boy and a very, very fat, chunky, pregnant girl. <laughs> and since then, we've basically just been kind of sitting and waiting, haven't we, really? There's been a lot of staring at them. Yeah. It's been like trying to figure out how pregnant she was, when she going to have the babies, how many has she got. It's been a lot of reading. Yeah. Is everything okay and blah, blah, blah. But then on Wednesday, I got in from work. I was minding my business, came in, said hi to everybody. And then I noticed something looking a bit strange in the, the pen. And then I heard something a bit strange. And so I thought, I'm going to just check on this. And I shone my torch into the little hidey box. And there I saw a little baby pig. And I had a small meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> a small one? Yeah. And I started well, a large meltdown. <laughs> and I started running around the house and trying to phone everybody that I possibly could mm-hmm. to tell them that she was having her babies. And I mean, a little while later, you got back from work, didn't you? When yeah. do you want to take over from there? <laughs> I don't think there's much else to tell, really. It was mostly just spending the evening staring at them. Yeah. Eventually, after a couple of hours, we got them out for a photo shoot. We did. Uh, But I think the interesting thing to note on this, because there were three babies, Mm -hmm. and very occasionally you can get what's called a skinny pig, which is a guinea pig born with no hair, because guinea pigs are basically born ready to go. Yeah. So they're all born with all of their fur, like everything ready. They're basically functional guinea pigs, just very tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Very tiny. (laughs) Very tiny. So occasionally you can get skinny pigs, which are... Basically just a genetic mutation effect. Yeah, it started with that, yeah, and then they started being like deliberately bred. Yeah. But yeah, they're based off a mutation, so it's... Yeah, so basically having a skinny pig born to parents, neither of which were bald, is quite a low chance. Yeah. Imagine our surprise then when it turns out that out of the three, two of them (laughs) were bald. Because I was saying, imagine if we got a skinny baby. Yeah. How wicked would that be? And then we got two. Yeah. From Wait. neither of the parents being mm-hmm. skinny at all. No. <laughs> so very surprised, but we love them, don't we? So. Yeah, they're very funny. Skinny pigs are great, so we're very pleased. They're currently two days old. Well, as as we're recording, two days old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but as it goes out, four days old then, yeah. And I just want them to stay tiny forever because they're going to grow up far too quickly. And I just wish they would be this small forever and ever. I mean, you could include some pictures if you want on the post, maybe. (laughs) So everyone can can have a look at them. But they're probably about, from nose to to butt, I'd say they're about, what, two inches? Unbelievable. And 
the problem is they're quite delicate and I just want to pick them up and squeeze them and, and, oh, but I can't because oh, I just love them. <laughs> That's the main news for us this week. Yeah. Everything else does not matter. No, to be honest. <laughs> it is entirely baby guinea pig based. Yeah, that's all that's going to matter enough. for months, I think. Yeah, until they're big and they, well, even then, until they leave, actually leave the house, that is the only time that I'm going to stop being obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, which will be a minimum of three months. Yeah, it's going to be a little while. So we're going to be doing this well into the spring. <laughs> so, yeah, just in case, for whatever reason, they start going bananas. <laughs> you may hear some baby guinea pig shouting. Anyway, shall we move on to having a look at some of the bits of neurodivergent news we've spied in the last couple of days? I reckon so, yeah. <laughs> Let's see what we've spied. <laughs> the first article we're going to be having a look at is not really an article, it's actually just a short video from... ABC, which is the Australian broadcasting company. It's quite a quick one. It's just a, a two-minute video, and it's how a Canberra art studio helps neurodivergent people find their tribe. So because it's only a two-minute video, it would seem kind of silly to try and tell you what it's about because it's like two minutes long. <laughs> it's about a Canberra art studio opening up a space for neurodivergent people just to kind of be themselves yeah, and kind of express themselves through their art in a, in a space which is quite friendly to them mm -hmm. and just, you know, hang out with each other and just, you know, in that kind of judgment-free area. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a really nice idea because we can all agree that having somewhere with people that we feel comfortable with to do something that we like doing it's kind of a dream, <laughs> you know, like a safe place just to hang out and chill and maybe actually make some friends while you're there. Yeah, especially also because Australian autistics are getting a really raw deal at the moment. Things are mm. getting a lot tougher for them. So I think if there's anything, you know, there that can help them feel a, a little bit more welcome in, yeah. you know, their own country, then that's good. Yeah. Well, there was a few a few people that said in the video as well, didn't they, that they like going there and it's nice and kind of, they feel like they can just, as you say, be themselves and they feel safe. And I think that's important because there's not a lot of places, there's not a lot of places like that. <laughs> By the way, if we ever sound distracted while we're talking, <laughs> you know the baby guinea wigs we mentioned, <laughs> that's the reason. As is typical, they were nice and sleepy and settled, weren't they? Until we start recording. And now now they're, they're running around. Bouncing around. Talking their little heads off. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> having places to meet other neurodivergent people in general is important, I think. It just helps you fit in and helps you, you know, make meaningful connections, which is difficult. And I think we'll, we'll come back to that actually a little yeah. bit later, won't we? Yeah, a <laughs> Rather interestingly, because we were talking about instantly getting distracted by baby <laughs> guinea pigs. Yeah. This next article, which is on Psychology Today, and it was published on New Year's Eve, it's called When Poor Attention Destroys Your Good Intention, <laughs> which is really quite appropriate. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, at the moment, our good intention is to try and make a podcast 
but we've got five <laughs> guinea pigs being ridiculous. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> Apologies, yeah. Hugo, Apologies. we're trying to record. <laughs> Stop it. Also, the male adult <laughs> guinea pig, he got neutered like yesterday. Yeah, so he's still pretty fond of fond of the lady. Yeah, but, he, but he's also quite grumpy when the painkillers start to wear off. So cute though, oh my god. Oh no, they're coming to meet their daddy. Look, Cookie's meeting the daddy. Oh, look. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, anyway. Oh my god, look! Oh no, it fell. <laughs> See, when poor attention destroys your good intention. <laughs> oh, I mean, needless to say, I feel like a lot of it was quite relatable. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this one's one of those articles where it starts off, I think, with a quite strong premise. Yeah. But it doesn't really do anything with the information. It's more of just of a list. Yeah, I can I can agree. And I think like some of it did come across as a bit of like, uh, you know, when you get kind of motivational influencers that are like, be focused and be proactive and do this stuff and you will succeed. You know, it's a mm. bit like that at times where you're kind of like, what does that mean though? I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, so so the article basically sort of promises like that it'll kind of explain how having poor attention can make us our brains suffer despite our best of intentions. Yeah. And what it's got like three examples of good intention robbed by poor attention, which are basically just made up but relatable. Yeah. So there's this one which just says good intention. Chrissy, a talented artist, aspires to create a high quality piece. That will make it into a prestigious art gallery. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I mean a project you have, you know, yeah. every intention of finishing. That could be quite, you know, important. <laughs> yeah. How poor attention destroys it. I don't know why I'm doing the voice. By the way, <laughs> Chrissy gets easily distracted, failing to focus on the details, leaving the canvas incomplete and her potential masterpiece unrealized. Which, yeah, but like from the top, you can kind of just go good intention. Do a thing. Yeah. How poor attention destroys it doesn't do the thing. Yeah, basically. That's uh, pretty much what all the examples are. Yeah, that, it, really? that's kind of it. <laughs> like, want to do thing, cannot do thing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that's it, basically. That's what, you know, it boils down back to executive dysfunction. Yeah. Which is the brain's ability to ignore distractions and just do what needs to be done. Yeah. Well, I think. I think as it goes on into kind of like the list of examples, I think they're quite good, really, at explaining how your kind of lack of focus can impact your life in ways that people who don't experience it won't think about. I think maybe it should be titled differently. <laughs> yeah, and, and it just kind of lists... Yeah. Like the ways it can manifest itself. Yeah. Like it'd attention. be good to have some sort of like 
tips for resolving yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't mention anything about how to deal with it no. or how to talk about it. Yeah. Or how to explain it to someone else if it's affecting you. None of that. It just ends pretty much. Yeah. But I did, as I say, I did find some of the points it mentioned useful in the sense that as I was reading the list, I was I was kind of going, oh, that makes sense. And I didn't ever think that inattentiveness or lack of focus would impact that. But actually, I can see how it does yeah. from reading it. I think the thing that best proves my point about it, starting off with decent promise and then just ending fairly nonsensically, is this last sentence, which says, we must move beyond talk and cultivate strong attentional skills to ensure that our actions align with their, their intentions and contribute to positive outcomes. That sentence means absolutely nothing. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that this just translates to, we must try to do the thing, or we must yeah. learn to do the thing. Yeah. The person who wrote the article is a parent, coach, and psychologist who tends to provide advice regarding like child, adolescent, couples, family counselling and coaching. There's all sorts of talking. <laughs> but I don't think they have ADHD. So whilst it does just kind of read a bit like a halfway to a paper. Yeah. And then it, it seems like a, a bit of a bullet point for like a presentation. Yeah. With With notes that should be on there going, fill this in. Make it make sense. Yeah. There's no actual advice. Write a real there. conclusion. Yeah. But I do think... I think it's worth a read. Yeah. And taking something from it would be kind of like, we tend to struggle, again, I'm using the same example that we're going to come back to in a minute, but we tend to struggle socially. One of the points that is made in that article is about how this kind of lack of focus can impact like your social life and like maintaining relationships and things and it's one of those things that when you read that it kind of helps take the blame off yourself a little bit you know yeah you can think okay maybe it's not my fault <laughs> yeah I, I think the whole out of sight out of mind thing is the biggest yeah. killer of friendships yeah because when, when you're not physically with someone or see them regularly then you just kind of forget they exist mm. and time kind of slips away and you're just like Oh, wait, it's been two years. Awkward. You can have every intention to continue those friendships. Yeah. But for whatever reason or another, you know, it just doesn't happen. But even in those situations, it's not entirely on us. No. Because we're the ones that struggle with the executive dysfunction. And if you're trying to keep in touch with a friend, that's partially their job as well, right? Yep. That leads us on to all sorts of other other issues which I'm sure you will happily discuss with your therapist <laughs> <laughs> how about we move on to the last article we're going to be talking about before we move on to the events this one is from Time Magazine which was published on the 3rd of January so it was actually only a couple of hours before the guinea pigs were born. <laughs> I was going to say, the same day that the guinea pigs were published. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were published on the same day. <laughs> and it's called The Pervasive Loneliness of Autism. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. Ain't that the truth, first of all? <laughs> mm -hmm. This, I think, makes a really interesting point straight off the bat, in that 
as you've said, we do tend to struggle with social connections and friendships. Mm-hmm. And for perhaps those who need higher support, you don't tend to be able to go out nearly as much as like lower support autistics do. Yeah. And the people you're surrounded by are either going to be family or support workers. And with the aim of being more or less being independent, so being able to do stuff for yourself, being able to go out by yourself, like unsupported, you know, if you're able to do that, that basically just gets rid of your support network. So the idea is to be okay without it, which is fine up to a point, but it, it doesn't get rid of the social difficulties or mm-hmm. you know difficulty making friends or keeping friendships yeah so even if you can be independent it doesn't mean you're able to have a wide range of friends yeah or in really any friends yeah independence does not necessarily mean like happy or satisfied yeah. You can be independent but be very lonely, as you say. And as as the article says, (laughs) it's kind of the problem, isn't it? Like it talks about going into that, that the idea, especially in America, and I know it's the same in a lot of kind of a lot of countries that you kind of like go to school, leave school, maybe go to college, maybe go to uni, get a job, get a house, get a partner, have children. And that's kind of the path of life that everybody seems to kind of go towards. But actually, like as as an autistic person, if you struggle with forming and maintaining relationships, maybe you struggle with sharing your space with people, like how are you going to be able to do that? That then leads a lot of people to feel like a failure, doesn't it, really? They blame themselves for it. Yeah, because you're not fitting into... The mould that everyone else does. Yeah, so you think I'm doing something wrong, I'm incapable, and then that leads to various kind of mental health struggles. Mm. Very much an issue with undiagnosed Mm -hmm. autistic folk, but also still very much an issue for diagnosed people because it does tie into the kind of intentions side of things. So for the most part, we want to be able to have those connections with people. Oh, yeah. have multiple friends and long-lasting friendships and families and that sort of stuff. But it's draining to spend time with people yeah, or to kind of keep up friendships and message people and basically always just be available for talking. It's really draining. And if you you physically got hurt by spending time with people, say, I don't know, your friends liked sword fighting, (laughs) or box maybe a fight club situation yeah like your friends all do an underground fight club and every time you have done seeing them you're covered in bruises and cuts yeah like your family see you and go why are you hanging out with those people you are being damaged because of it it's kind of the same sort of a thing it's just it's not visible yeah physical damage but seeing as it's not like a physical toll it's a mental toll People don't pay it that much mind. No, they can't see it, can they? So it's kind of almost like it's not there. Again, I quite liked this one talking about this sentence in particular where it says autistic individuals face a unique challenge in building trust without the enduring connections to accompany it. So it is kind of like, because, you know, I've had, I experienced that. I can say it myself that 
you don't really build up trust with people very often. And because of that, it's quite difficult to really form like the level of connection and friendship that you want with people. And usually the friendship will kind of just fizzle out before you get to any sort of depth just because it is so hard to like open up into it. It takes a lot longer. And where it says, again, like where we might need a break or some time alone or some space, people can confuse that for not wanting to talk to them. Yeah. And then you end up kind of more lonely and again, kind of blaming yourself is that it's one of those traps, isn't it? Always that, you know, you end up kind of thinking it's something wrong with you and then it's like a vicious circle really of... Mm -hmm. You know, it makes your mental health worse. And then, yeah. This is why things like what we mentioned before with the little art gallery meetup that they were running in Australia. Yeah, things like that are really good because you can go to the same thing regularly with the same people consistently and they're all kind of in the same boat as you. And that's a good way to safely build relationships, isn't it? Yeah. I think that what we should do is all the neurodivergent people should unite and create our own society <laughs> and then we can live in weird peace <laughs> and in that society we will be quiet and we will all have comfy things and we will all be strange together. <laughs> what, what do you think? Yeah, I reckon that could work. As long as there are guinea pigs. Yeah, obviously. I think pretty much every autistic person in the world likes animals at least, but I can't see many of them having problems with guinea pigs. Yeah. So that's the plan, everybody. We'll do it like a few years ago when they did the whole Area 51 thing. Yeah. We'll all meet up and we'll establish a new... We'll establish our own country. Yeah. <laughs> we could include that one in the events section for our next episode. <laughs> Speaking of events, should we get on to having a look at what's coming up next week? Go on then. In the UK. So, first off, on the 9th of January, so this is on Tuesday. This is hosted by Merseyside Autistic Adults, so that's right, it's in Liverpool. Liverpool. So this is their adult autism group, Lime Street Central Pub Lunch Drop-In. Mm. It, it's quite <laughs> a long... A tongue twister. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long thing. It's basically just a drop-in session with Merseyside Autistic Adults. Basically just there to chat, have a drink, try out some food. Basically just hang out with other autistic people, which is basically what we were, yeah. what we were talking about. I imagine it might be a bit busy considering it's uh, lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, it's between 12 and 2. So take your earplugs. So take your earplugs <laughs> if you got them. So that's happening on Tuesday. That one's free to go to. As you have our, to pay as, for the lunch. <laughs> I've, I don't I don't know, probably. <laughs> Damn. Unfortunately, it may not be a free lunch. Mm. Mm. We won't say it then. We won't say it yeah. just in case. <laughs> then we've got two things happening on Saturday the 13th mm. of January. So this next one is also hosted by Merseyside Autistic Adults. And it kind of, it does continue the theme of Liverpool being strangely supportive for autistic people. 
So they are doing a visit to uh, Tate, Liverpool and Reba North. I'm assuming Reba is something. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Tate, this is art museum yeah. uh, in Liverpool. Reba is like the building it's in because it used oh. to be in Albert Docks, but that is temporarily closed for redevelopment. So they've oh. shifted it to a different building. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. So this runs from 10.45 in the morning and should be about three hours long. Oh, a nice a nice sensory friendly visit. And it says, uh, as some of the artworks may feature loud noises, there are ear defenders available from the front desk or you can bring your own. We like that. So it says there are also folding stools, magnifiers and coloured overlays to borrow. Ooh. So if you're in any way interested in art and are in the Liverpool area and you fancy having a bit of a a look at the, the Tate Gallery, then feel free. Yes, that is also free to go to. Hey. Okay, then our last event is also happening on the 13th. So that's uh, next Saturday. And this is an evening with Charlie Clement at Waterstones, Birmingham. Hey. So it says, uh, join us for a fantastic evening with activist Charlie Clement discussing their debut book, All Tangled Up in Autism and Chronic Illness. So the book uh, is supposedly a guide for autistics and chronically ill individuals, providing advice around navigating healthcare systems, managing competing conditions and arranging reasonable adjustments. Mm. So, yeah, chronic illnesses are one of those things that do tie in quite heavily to autistic people yeah but it's not really that well known yeah especially there's all sorts of like gastrointestinal <laughs> issues that go along with being autistic that people just don't know about yeah that's the one i was thinking about like the number this... of people with ibs is yeah is weird but that sounds like a very useful book actually mm. <laughs> So that's the the Waterstones on High Street in Birmingham. It starts at seven o'clock in the evening. Tickets are five pounds just to go down to, but if you want to buy a book as well, that's uh, thirteen quid extra, so eighteen pounds if you want a book as well. But I'm assuming you'd probably be able to buy the book from your own Waterstones or other bookshop. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a particularly interesting evening to go along to yeah. if you're in the Birmingham area <laughs> I think it would be quite useful get a lot of useful information I reckon I mean of course the irony that a lot of these books are should be actually quite helpful but reading books <laughs> yeah. oh, is, is a nightmare for getting distracted yeah the latest and a long line of cruel ironies that go <laughs> along with our very existence but I think that's probably a good place to leave it, to be honest. <laughs> so join us again next week on the Autistic Experience where we'll be finding new news topics because that's the, the new part of news, I guess. New news. New news. <laughs> we'll be finding multiple news. <laughs> Mul yeah, multiple news, multiple <laughs> events, multiple <laughs> guinea pigs. Yeah. All coming next week. 12pm British time on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on you can always go follow us on Instagram at The Autistic Experience if you want to have a look at any of the articles or events we've talked about today and also we would much appreciate it if you left 
a nice rating and review on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on because it it helps. (laughs) But for now, though, I think that's probably a good place to call it. We are going to go make some pizza. And then sit on the floor and stare at babies for a few hours again. Yeah, probably. (laughs) So with all that said, I've been Kieran. She's been Chloe. You go get them baby pigs. (laughs) 